Aw, oh, cheapers cripes. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cripes Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Barons. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. And this week, my guest is John Harvatine IV. He is uh, one of the producers for Robot Chicken. He's also the director of the new show on Hulu called Crossing Swords. Really fun show. Check that out. But there is some dirty language. So, uh, yeah, I talk about that in the podcast. But long story short, don't yell at me. Harv and I also are working on a project together. Uh, with Lucas Brown Eyes, if you listen to that episode, uh, a, a few episodes back, a few Cripes casts back, we're all working on a project right now. Can't really say much more than that, but that's okay because we're just going to build suspense around it. Uh, but in all seriousness, hopefully I'll have some more details on it soon. Harv is a great guy, um, whether you're you know into animation or just learning more about what it takes to animate a show on the the telly these days that's television with the clicker is the clicker broken or no who took the batteries out of the clicker and put them where are they are they in the basement clicker those were conversations that we had uh growing up at home um good off to a really compelling start to this podcast charlie anyway i had a great time talking to harv in this uh podcast we talk about animation but also uh, we talk about some real intense Midwest stuff, including the best way to grill a brat, okay? And uh, yes, we did bring up boiling, okay? Uh, but not just standard boiling, uh, boiling them in beer. And then what is the most effective way to do that if it's even appropriate at all? So that's a deep tease for for uh, this this podcast. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Okay, but before we get to the interview, if you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to rate it and uh, leave a comment or share it. So many of you have done that, and I really appreciate it, and it's great hearing your feedback. And now that that said, here is my conversation with John Harvatine IV. How has uh, the reception for Crossing Swords been? How I, I, I'm, I, I love that show. And fair warning, before I go any further talking about Crossing Swords, I have to tell my audience, it's a little bit naughty, okay? There, there is some, some language in it, and I, I recommended it uh, via Instagram stories, and then one of my fans, real, she really took after me for some of the language, yeah. so I do have to warn you. But if you can handle some of that, it's a very funny show. I love it. Yeah, well, that's a good disclaimer. You know, when we set off to make it, we wanted to make a show that was adult with that had cute little characters doing vulgar things and saying naughty things to each other. So, you know, from the very first day at Hulu, it's, it's how do we make a show and how do we market it to make it, make sure we're finding the right audience because that's just it. We want to find those adults. We do not want it to go in the hands of the kids. Um, and the good thing is um, we haven't really heard many stories about it finding the wrong direction. So um, it luckily, I think it did find that adult audience, that kind of robot chicken audience that we were going for because the worst thing we could do is is market it to, to the wrong place wow. uh, so i was happy there count on me to screw that up but you know, <laughs> you uh, know the only one <laughs> i know i know but uh you know it is a very fun show do you have any news on the show or it's public knowledge right second season on that show yeah yeah so we um season one is done it was fun um they greenlit the second season like six days later um, so we're deep into that. We have uh, actually I'm in the writer's room right now that 
Uh, everyone is safely at home, but this is where we write the seasons of Crossing Swords. It's a very inspiring um, writer's room. Look at that. I mean, for those for those of you listening at home, uh, he's got like all of Super Mario Brothers, the original, the OG Mario, first level. Uh, Mario is about to hit a question mark, which already has a mushroom coming out of it. Yeah. Now, so that <laughs> I'm curious. This is not true to form, is it? Because if you <laughs> typically hit a question mark, it'd be dark. Yeah, it would be dark. So what what yeah. happened there? Now there, I don't so know. There, you know, that's a really great question, and, and it's embarrassing. I'll probably scrape that off the wall today, tomorrow. Uh, uh, there's also another Mario there I noticed, too. We got two Marios floating around, and that, Charlie, that's not typical. There's three, actually. If Just oh, to, to the left of that Packer helmet up there, there's a oh, third yeah. oh, Mario yeah. I'm seeing, yeah. and that is a, a, a great Packer helmet. That, it's always <laughs> great to have a, a nice Packer helmet in the middle of a Mario set. So you have lost points for accuracy, but gained points for Packers placement. So what goes into uh, writing a show? I mean, you know, a lot of people hear you're in a writer's room. They think, oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds like such a creative, fun endeavor. But I mean, is yeah. it always creative and fun or do you want to kind of pull your hair out sometimes too? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I think it, my partner, Tom Root, is, uh, is also, he's the head writer. He's the one that kind of runs the, the writer's room. Um, I really don't enjoy the writing process. I'll be honest with you. Like it's fun, you know, coming up with ideas and, and thinking of the characters and what their arcs will be. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a hard work, you know, and it's, you throw a script up on the, the page there and it, it just, you go down all day long and stare at that screen. And I don't, I don't really find it fun. I know it sounds terrible to say um, it's forcing yourself to be creative on a black and white screen. And, and uh, I mean, Charlie, you're a writer, you're probably better than I am, but it's, it's not always the most fun, right? Well, no, I mean, it's not, but I think you, you kind of have to push through the not fun part and, yeah. and really the way I find it, sometimes I got an idea or I have a thing that I have to write on and then it, it just takes one joke where yeah. I'm like, I, I'm so in love with this joke that I'm now motivated by this one joke to write the yeah. rest of it, you know? Yeah, that's it. You want to take what you wrote on the board and you want to make it. And that's the thing. It's like, what you're writing is just, that's the process, but it's about making it and saying the joke and getting to that point. Well, you too, you're, um, would you say your strength is more obviously in the visual side of the world? Yeah. So I'm, I'm the director of it. And so for me, um, so the, the excitement happens once it leaves the writer's room, once it leaves the writer's room, then it's, you're working on designs, uh, the colors of the characters, uh, the sets. That's an example. There's some sets back there. Um, that's the stuff that's really fun for me. And then in stop motion, then you take it to the stages where you have, these closed off curtains with your set, the puppets, a camera and an animator. And to me, that's where it's really fun is that's where you're making the show is you're physically uh, making it happen right there. So it's like a little bit of like a, like a Warner Brothers soundstage just on a like an eight by 10 little stage. That's the fun part, getting in there, Charlie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. But I guess for me, though, that whole process <laughs> sounds very anxiety inducing. Wait a second, wait a second, stop right there. Bring that mug back in the full frame. Is that a Super Bowl 31 mug? Classic one, right? New Orleans. I hope you. I hope you wash that by hand because there, there is a gold rim <laughs> I would on that. I not put this in the dishwasher, you kidding uh, me? Uh, yeah, no, oh, wow. That's a wow. hand washer. That, that yeah. mug is fan Fantastic. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Charlie, it's heavy, but the lip feel is perfect. 
it feels like a mid nineties mug, you know, like it's got a heavy, like, no, they don't make them like this anymore. No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. that is an amazing mug. And can I yeah. ask, is that uh, microwave safe? Cause that gold on the, that top rim. Of I know gold, I'm nervous about it too. So you have never put that in a mic microwave. That looks like Charlie. I, I only do Charlie. Where are you going? Are you going to put it right in here, a microwave? I put the cheese whiz in it. Oh, wow. wow. You put a little cheese whiz in that cup microwave for a minute. You're mm. golden. So it has been in the microwave only with the cheese whiz. <laughs> and it held up just fine. It was fine. Got this at Kohl's though. Did you really? What year yeah. did you get that at, at Kohl's? I'm guessing it was, I, 97. It was 97. I got it in clearance. You know, it was great. And in 97, all the stuff was there for the tank and for clearance. I did really well. So it's amazing that, that, that an item like that would ever go on clearance. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. moving off the topic of your coffee yeah. mug. So a show like Crossing Swords, for those who haven't seen it, it's basically like taking little, um, and I don't know the preferred name for all of this, but basically little <laughs> toys. It looks like little toys and you're doing yeah. st stop animation with them. Yeah, and like little people. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. I got so a little what, person right here. What is that made out of? That looks more like a gel than anything. Yeah, this is more of a knockoff, I'll be honest. But okay. they're, the original um, Fisher-Price Little People were made out of wood in the 70s, and then in the 80s, they were made out of plastic. So for our show, we, uh, we went for the wood look. So this is a Crossing Swords character. Wow. That's... So it's, you know, legally here, Charlie, we're good. You know, they're different. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the same. No, there's no no trademark association on that yet. You yeah, know, that could be yeah. a sequel trademark, though. We don't even know. <laughs> so, uh, how did you get your uh, start in this world? Where do you come from? Yeah, well, uh, Charlie, I'm from Apple Valley, Minnesota. That's where that's where I started my journey. Um, now, I don't want you to think I'm some Viking fan and hold that against well, me. That is what our audience was thinking, but we had already established that you have both a Packers helmet and a, a Super Bowl 31 mug yeah. uh, from Kohl's. So I think you, your, your cred <laughs> is established with my Good audience. Good cred established. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from Apple Valley, Minnesota. So Charlie, that's the suburbs of the Twin Cities there. Gotcha. They okay. got that Minnesota Zoo, you know. Uh, but the good nice thing is zoo. the... The Harvatines, you know, my, my family, they're all from western Wisconsin. So we're talking like Chippewa Falls area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Beautiful this before, time I'm not saying before I knew better, but before I had a chance, right, I was a Packer fan and mm -hmm. uh, always in love with Wisconsin. So being on the border, you know, it's, it's, it's quite, it's a toss up, right, of where, where you're going to, where you're going to land. But luckily... Uh, I landed on the good side. So you really did. You really did. Um, <laughs> and what years? What were your formative years of choosing a football team? What, like, because because what what year was it you decided to be a Packers fan? In other words, yeah. Well, it was. You know, I was born in '77, and I wasn't really aware of them much in the early '80s. Um, the part Probably that really the clicked. <laughs> the part that really clicked with me was '89, uh, and that's when I went all in. I mean, that's the Mikowski era, obviously the era that was not the longest time, but, <laughs> but yeah, 89 Couple is when I was years. really all in. Okay. So that, that was, is there a specific game you remember or is it, is it cause you had to make the choice. You knew you were in Minnesota. You knew you were supposed to be a Vikings fan. Is, yeah. is there a moment you said, Nope, I am making the bold and correct move of being a Packers fan. 
Yeah, and I wasn't, uh, I'm not saying I hate the Vikings, but when I was a kid, you know, I didn't know, I, I wasn't necessarily, didn't know the difference. But I do remember I was in Sears with my dad because in Minnesota back then, the Vikings games would always be on. So the Packer games, you could only get if you were in Wisconsin or if you go to like a Sears or something and you'd have, it had the games uh, on yeah. there. Uh, yeah. So I don't remember the exact game. I just remember like my first like Packer memory of being all in was being at Sears with my dad and having other Packer fans nearby watching a game and just being like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm, I'm into this. This is, I'm all in. So ever since then it was finding a way to, you know, watch all the games, which again, in Minnesota would be, you know, the radio or driving to Wisconsin or going to Sears. Mm -hmm. I got to say it like this in case Sears is listening and they know. (laughs) Early on, were you like a creative kid or, or where'd that bug come from? Yeah, I think um, I've always been kind of creative. And uh, when I was, I guess, like third or fourth grade, I wanted to be a, a, a Disney cartoonist. That was like my first thing of like, oh, I want to be this. I never, I, I didn't, I never could be a football player. I knew for sure the genes passed me by. That wasn't going to happen. Um, but yeah, I wanted to be a Disney cartoonist. And that's what I was kind of focusing on. But the problem was, I just wasn't very good at drawing. So like, even though I would try and I'd like emulate like Disney cartoons, I just, I wasn't very good. So the drawing stuff took me to using our VHS camera and setting that up to do stop motion stuff. Because then like I was trying to tell stories Um, in cartoons, you can kind of make up your whole world and you can tell any story you want. Um, With a video camera, you can tell stories. Charlie, I don't have all the friends in the world. So getting my friends together <laughs> to make a movie wasn't necessarily the easiest thing. So I used my Star Wars or J.I. Joe figures and I put them in front of VHS camera. And then that's how I started doing stop motion animation, which eventually became what I was more into. So, but was stop motion a thing at that point? I mean, where, where did you decide, what, what inspired you to do stop motion? Yeah, I think that came from like, well, first of all, the Star Wars movies, like seeing the effects and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi was was mind blowing. But I was a big Gumby fan. So watching those uh, and seeing how him moved, how he moved, it was just really like exciting. He could kind of do anything he wanted. And I'll be honest, Charlie, my <laughs> VHS videos were pretty bad because you could only do like a second at a time. So the movements would just be like really bad but still you could line up your toys and you could have a money and falcon you could have all these really cool scenes that of course were animated poorly but at least you were showing like like a vision or some kind of experience yeah so if you're using tape though i mean are you like literally hitting record stop record stop is that basically yeah. how you okay yeah you do it as quick as you can but it's it's like a second or a second and a half so like the characters again would be really slow so and how old were you at this point and where did you learn how to do that because it's not yeah. like you were in the youtube era where you could just learn all this stuff on the fly right yeah um so that was like 11 or 12 when i was doing that and then it was just i didn't there was no like um how to do it at all it was just i had a vhs camera and i just tried it so if you just take the record button you just hit it as quick as you can that's kind of how you do it so i, I wish i would have had more instructions or training but again just having them framed in front of the camera was kind of a win as it was and then moving was almost secondary so i was pretty pleased to even do that much (laughs) well when did you um say like okay this is a hobby this is something i'm interested in to then say like oh this is actually something i can make a living doing yeah so then 
it like and so in middle schools I kind of had the bug to make the stop motion stuff um, in high school continuing a little bit of the stop motion but then uh, thinking hey I need to get a career at some point and do something with my life so then I was thinking I'd be like a live-action director like uh, like a Steve Spielberg type if you will um, so then I set my goals on stop motion as a hobby but then doing live-action stuff as like a career um, and then, so then my, my high school goal was like, okay, I need to get to college so I can become like a live action director. Charlie, that's the goal. Live action director. Well, you got the Spielberg beard going. So that's a, that's a big one. Right <laughs> he does there. have a good beard. Yeah. Um, but then to continue the, the really exciting story, when I got to college, uh, first year at University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, great city. Oh great yeah. City. Milwaukee's best. It's great. Yeah. I was in love. I moved from... Uh, like I said, Apple Valley to Milwaukee, unbelievable. Access to all the cheese. Packer games were on every week. Yep. You At that point, you probably smelled the, uh, was it the Sprecher Brewery? What What was the smell? Milwaukee used to have that beer smell. Yeah. And like I haven't noticed it as much recently. So I feel, I think it was Sprecher, wasn't it? Where that's, do you know the smell I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Like I never smelled it before except when I moved to Milwaukee and it was when you, I don't remember what freeway it was, but you'd drive by it or near it and you'd smell it. And it was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I used to play, um, uh, at Merrill park, right? Like on 35th street. Uh, I, I used to do sports over, over in that park and, uh, do sports. Sounds, sounds like <laughs> such an athlete, but yeah, you're so I, athletic. I, no, that's where we would play after school. But I remember there it was very distinct and kind of in that Tosa, West Milwaukee, West near West Side area it was very strong. Yeah. So I think it was somewhere around there. But I, yeah. I've heard a few different uh, variations of where that smell came from. And I've never <laughs> used my supposed journalistic skills to figure it out. So. You need to figure it out. I loved it. It was very welcoming. That was very exciting for me smelling that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you get there, and what, what do you, what are you studying at uh, UW Milwaukee? That uh, yeah. So I had, um, I did my general classes, which um, you know, at that point I was really focusing on doing like films and stuff like that. So I wasn't excited about that. Um, but the problem was at that point, um, you know, the first day of my film class, they said that if you want, if you want a job in Hollywood, you're at the wrong, wrong place, wrong class. He, the, I don't know who the instructor was, but he said that. And I was like, oh, wait, what? Like, straight up? And it's kind of true. It was like, at that time, and I love this school, but at that time, it was lots of art films and uh, making things that were really artsy. The good thing about the program is they got hands on the equipment right away, which I appreciated. But then I kind of started to feel like, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get to Hollywood, baby, making all these art films, you know? So, unfortunately in the winter and, and at that point the winter in milwaukee was the most mild winter i've ever felt in my life because coming from minnesota milwaukee was like year-round spring like you call this winter oh wow <laughs> you're just gonna talk mad you're gonna one-up me on the on the winter uh i mean but that lake right it kind of Come warms on. it up makes it balmy yeah well i wouldn't call it balmy it can get really windy with that lake too you know yeah, that's so true. that's kind of brutal I mean, yeah. you, you don't have a, a lake over by you and your Twin Cities. You, you got a river, you know, That's which true. is breezy on a bridge. But, I mean, we got that whole <laughs> coastline. When it comes, when it blows from Michigan, it gets colder, coldest. Yeah. It gets yeah, really cold you. in Milwaukee. I'm going to say colder <laughs> than the Twin Cities. 
All right, you can say that. I mean, we're going to fight about this. This will be one of our fights. We got to one up each other on who grew up in a colder environment. But this is anyway, our second fight, Charlie. I, I know. <laughs> All right, well, tell go on. How warm was Milwaukee that year? Well, and, so it, it, I swear it was in the 50s all year, but. Oh, geez, this is. So the, 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 the lake was slush. Uh, I don't remember many snows that stayed more than a few days. But, anyways, <laughs> great city. Uh, loved it there. But then, yeah, I, I felt like um, I had to make a move. So I, I, I did the, the hardest thing in my life, Charlie, and I, I looked west. I looked at schools in California. Mm, and nice. with a heavy heart, I left that year to go to Santa Barbara to a film school. Now, pretty warm um, there. It's pretty warm. Pretty warm. You know, there's a, there's a, a different beauty to Santa Barbara. <laughs> Than Milwaukee. I'm not saying it's better. There's just a different beauty. You I know? mean, both are the West Coast. One just happens to be uh, of the U.S., the other of Lake Michigan, but both are West yeah. Coast, you know? And they say Santa Barbara's the Milwaukee of the, of the West Coast, so, you know, it, it felt at home there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that <laughs> phrase before. Yeah, so then I went to school at, uh, it was called Brooks Institute of Photography. They are no longer around, sadly. Bummer. Yeah, business is business, but uh, I went there for three years. Um, and while I was there, I was uh, focusing on live action, filmmaking, photography with stop motion on the side. Again, my, my path here is I needed to be a live action director, Charlie. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. In the summer before I graduated, I was hustling and looking all over the place for stop motion jobs because that was the passion. That was what I really wanted to do. Live action was just what I felt like I needed to do but I was lucky enough and I got a job in Connecticut of all places with stop motion. So, and what, what well, was that job? Uh, it was at a, it was a stop motion animator at a studio called Reckless Bandon Studios. And we did commercials and believe it or not, a Fisher Price Little People uh, TV show, which inspired Crossing Swords. It, really? It, we just came full circle there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was not expecting. I was expecting a deep dive into this. So, something you did right out of college inspired Crossing Swords. Yeah. So I got out of college, left the West Coast. Again, we're flying right over Milwaukee. We're going all over Wisconsin. We'll be back. We'll get a house someday in Green Bay. Like that's the dream. You know that that's that. Yeah, you're talking now, like yeah. what they would call at Madison a quote unquote coasty is what you're <laughs> what you're talking like. You know, someone's well, just heard gonna. That. I don't know that fly over well that was the thing in, in, at uw where you know yeah. everybody from new york and la was called a coasty but um and they you know but that that that's neither here nor there but yeah. that's what you were talking about just flying over it yeah like, we you flew know, over you know got to connecticut okay and yeah well one of the first jobs i had was um a fisher price now that's the toy line fisher price little person tv show and that's where I met my lovely wife, Liz. She was an animator, animator there as well. Um, but the problem was on that show, it was just kids stuff. Like it was just, I have no problem with kids. I have three of them. Um, but it was kids animation and it just wasn't fun. Like I just wasn't having a good time. So I, I would sit there and animate and I, would, and I would imagine those little people doing naughty things to each other. And that's where Crossing Swords kind of came from is the idea of taking these cute little characters and having them do naughty things, say naughty things and all that stuff. 
Well, so that's uh, what 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 in your brain decided that that was the thing to do? Is, is I think because I was twenty four. <laughs> yeah. So there's so many uh, steps between that. You couldn't just go right from Fisher Price to Crossing Swords. There were uh, yeah. quite a few steps in between that. So what, what, I skipped what, a few those? years there. You did. Well, I, you I think did. what helped. Un, you know, unfortunately, and I loved being in Connecticut, and that's where Liz's family was from, and I had a good time out there. Um, it was before the Patriots were really good, so it was nice. You could just kind of be a Packer fan and not not worry about hearing about all those Patriots. Um, <laughs> but the problem was the job, it, it ended, and we needed to find work, so we had to look elsewhere. And at that point, there was only – there weren't many shows back then doing stop motion, and, but one show in particular was happening, Charlie. That was Robot Chicken. And for those who have not uh, in the audience who have not heard or seen Robot Chicken – hilarious show it's a uh i mean it's won a ton of awards basically it's one of those youtube binge shows that uh you watch if it's not on tv but you just go through like a rabbit hole of episodes is basically <laughs> the thing yeah but, they're, short. they're like 11 minutes so robot chicken absolutely amazing <clears throat> show was that a target for you or where was that in the process of the seasons when you jumped on board yeah so so back then again i'm stop motion focused so there wasn't a lot of stop motion animation that was done back then there was celebrity deathmatch that was happening that was in new york um there was the pjs and gary and mike and that's about it charlie that's it so yeah. when we were looking for jobs as stop motion animators, uh, there weren't a lot out there. So uh, Robot Chicken was one that popped up. They were on their first season. So we moved out there for that show. Um, and then we joined seasons two and three of that show. Um, so like I said, we moved out to LA and got on there. And for me, it was, it was love at first sight. I'm a big fan of toys. I was doing toy animation since I was a kid. And to do it on like a grander scale was really exciting for me. That's really cool because you're right. At that point in time, like Celebrity Deathmatch, which would have been another show that I, I used to watch all the time. These are like the, the top shows in a very small industry. And yeah. so like, did you did you have to be insanely competitive to get them or were there not a lot of people doing that kind of animation at that time as well? It's like, it seems of, very neat, yeah. niche. It's a little bit of both. There really, there were probably like in the country, like 30 stop motion animators that were like in the community doing things. Uh -huh. So it was pretty competitive to get on there. Um, but luckily, you know, having my chops from little fish price, little people, I, I brought my a game yep. and uh, had no, no trouble getting a role on that job. Okay, can I ask what what is your a game? Like what what is the actual process of doing like what is yeah. Like what makes you so good at, at what you do in that whole process? Cause I don't know right. what you, what you design and what you tell other people to do and what like is the, yeah. is the, there's so much art in that, but I don't know what, what is yeah. like really your thing, you know? Right. So, well, so back then um, it was being a stop motion animator. So then to be a good stop motion animator meant uh, taking the character and you're basically an actor. So it's taking an inanimate object and moving it, and making it look believable. And so not only making it look smooth and, and like nice, but it's also acting well, like having it act like a like performer. Um, so that, that was kind of the challenge. Cause so much of that though is in like making like the eyes look a certain way. And every, so are you involved yeah. in that part of like the physicality and, and yeah. creating it as well? So again, well, not, not so much. So like when being a stop motion animator, there's the people that will write the scripts, they'll make the characters, 
they'll light, they'll have the sets, they'll light the sets. So you're basically like an actor. Like you get, you go to a stage and you, you're standing there in front of a puppet, in front of a camera. And so your only job is to just move it, take a picture, move it, take a picture, move it, take a picture. So you're basically an actor. So it's an actor for puppets. Got it. No, so, the, 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 so but that, that is, um, cause I, I've I've done I've dabbled in uh, this kind of thing, which is why I'm very interested. Let's pull it up. Eh, no, it's it's not going to be very impressive. I was working <laughs> with garden gnomes in uh, the garden, which is not even any of this. It's yeah. like I w- I was taking a video of a gnome and then putting a voice underneath it, but it was really bad in terms of it's nothing like. You know, the, or or a lot of the art comes in for or, or making it somewhat punch comedically is like yeah. in zooming in and zooming right. out, you know. So yeah, I guess seeing what, that dumb face. What's that? Yeah, seeing little the gnome face, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so, so is that all part of it? Like getting the cuts? The um, I guess that would be the directing aspect of it. Is which cuts do you take? But it's the movement yeah. of these characters that really makes a stop motion animator. Sorry, there's a police officer. <laughs> uh, I'll let him know that you're over in Hollywood right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the director, the director is the one that tells the animator like what they should be doing. The animator was like the actor that interprets interprets what they're doing and then they take that footage that goes to the editor and then they cut it up and find the timing and if they need to punch in or stay wide on something okay so again there's so many artists it's crazy well i know but that's why this is so fascinating to me because like i watch it and um i mean i i grew up watching this stuff and i was uh, i always boggled my mind how it was actually done and done in a good and compelling way so um, I don't know. I'm interested. In it. My audience yeah. is, is probably like, all right, enough trying to figure out how they make it. But I don't know. I think it's really cool. So I will say, Charlie, what I'll have to do is on. So I, I animated on seasons two and three of Robot Chicken. Yeah. Um, and of course, the minute I get there, I'm trying to find ways to get, you know, Packer references or things in there. So I'll, I'll have to find I'll have to screen grab some of the things, you know, like writing. Like an example is if I was an animator on the shot and I'm sitting here in a stage by myself. I take my marker out and I write like, go pack, go like on the wall, things like that. So I'll, I'll have to dig up some of those screenshots because you don't really notice it in the show. But like, if you, if you hold the frame, you're like, Oh yeah, there you go. I love it. Sneaking those Packers. Uh, you have to, because who else is representing, right? hundred percent. No. And you did it in crossing sto- swords as well. Uh, you did, have to Charlie, yeah, you, you yeah. gotta, you gotta force it in there. We're converting fans slowly you know subliminally one at a time <laughs> if i, I could just make one fan from crossing sword the packer <laughs> fan look hulu's happy then <laughs> so uh speaking of uh the packers do you have any uh animated interests with the packers do you have any uh any visions yeah, there you know i do that that's been you know what i've been chasing my whole life is is how do you take your passion right and make it into well a job so uh, I guess, I don't know how many years ago it was. It was 10 years after this. So what's the math on that? So that was 2007. And 10 years after this, are you saying 10 years holding up your cup? Uh, to that, so like this came out in 97. Yes. My point is the 10th anniversary of the 1996 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 31. Yes, which okay. happened in 97 technically, I suppose. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I did an electric football recreation of Desmond Howard scoring his touchdown, which was amazing. And my career highlight 
Charlie, was they were nice enough to put out the Tundra, the Tundra Tron at the game, but I wasn't at that game. How cool is that? That is awesome. Yeah, I know. First of all, how could you not be at that game where they did I know. that? Uh, well, I, you know, it's, well, back then, so that's 2007, uh-huh. 2006. What was more important It was important a little bit trickier night. to get to games. Okay. Uh, I didn't have the money. So it's two things. It's like, it was harder. I swear it was harder to get to games. Well, first of all, we all know up until like eBay, getting to games was, or not eBay, but StubHub or whatever. I'm not plugging yeah. anyone here, but there was a time where it was really hard to get to games, no matter how much money you had. Yeah. No, that, especially uh, depending on who they were playing. Yeah. So then for that game, it wasn't in the cards for me to go. But the way I got it was, um, I guess I found the marketing people before the season started. And I was just relentless. I was like, hey, guys, I want to make something for you, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't get any money. <laughs> so I just made it on my free time. But they, I sent it to them. And I, I found the people who did the Tundratron animation. I don't know who it was. It's a local company. God bless them. And they saw it and they're like, all right, all right, kid, quiet enough, you know. And they took the like 45 second spot and they, because, you know, the whole, the whole game is all advertisements and it's, it's all figured out. They don't just have time for someone's 45 second stop motion electric football recreation of the 1996 <laughs> Super Bowl. But they, uh, they pulled some strings, they made it happen. And uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a highlight. That was the last time the Green Bay Packers talked to me. Oh, geez. Somebody play the sad music right now. Well, I'm surprised by that. I I feel like they should be reaching out, especially, you know, given your Instagram profile picture, you know? Yeah. Can you see this, Charlie? Is this even possible? I can't. Oh, now I can see it right there. Yeah. Now, for those of you. Can everyone else see it at this point? Well, for some people, you know, people who will watch these when I post all the video portion will see it. But um, it, it's basically it's Harv as a um, as a crossing swords character with a cheese head, and um, you you yeah. look real good. You look Thank real you. good. Yeah, there. I'm representing. Yeah. You know. No. So and, I think it's time, Charlie. It's it's 2020. I think it's time that you know. Oh, by the way, side note. Uh, you know, my family's all Packer fans. My dad's a Packer fan, and we got our season ticket thing in the mail. We were 33,000 people away from getting our season tickets. Wow. That's it, huh? We're getting there, yeah. I, you know, my kids, 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 kids will be psyched. Hey, I'm on that list too. Um, Where are you? What's your I number? Uh, so I was put on the list in 19, uh, like 90, maybe, or something. You're like probably that. ahead of me because I think we were in the 95, 94 era. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I, you know, I should I should definitely check on this because this is the yeah. kind of thing where my aunt told me. Um, at one of my birthdays that she put me on the list. Okay, yeah. so now I'm going to actually have to circle back with her. Was that instead of a gift? Yeah. She came to the party so, and she's like, uh, Charlie, hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell yeah. you what. No, this is, it, it's, I'm very happy you're bringing this up because that would be something I would do. So I know it's in the genes, <laughs> you know, to be like, hey, Got you a gift, you know. Uh, You're on the list for Packers tickets. 
Uh, so when you're 40, you're really going to thank me. But just yeah. know I did something special for you today. Yeah, and you're not going to get it when you're 40, Charlie. No, it's going to be, if I was even on the list, it'll probably yeah. be, um, you know, yeah. Great the long list, you know? Yeah, unless there's some sort of a, a purge. That would be a Midwest purge right there. That'd be a Wisconsin yeah. purge right there. You yeah, know, I'll tell you to... what, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Vikings. You'll watch that. They'll drop. No, I'm, I'm out of here if that happens. No, the the um, I think the the uh, season tickets when Favre did that, I think they went through the roof for just really? two games. Yeah, yeah, for uh, well, for just that so one game for when he comes back. What? Yeah, but Charlie, are you are you a pro Favre or are you anti Favre? I gotta know. Oh, it's complicated, uh, right? Is that too polarizing? <laughs> no, I mean, Far Farve's the one I grew up with, you know, yeah. so you got that going. But then, you know, there, there's it's a complicated history. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not black and white. It's not a not a not a clean yes or no. You know, there, there's some yeah. stuff that emotionally it, it's tough to get over. But, uh, yeah, I hear you. you know, that's not here, here nor there. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's yeah, that, <laughs> this isn't this isn't polite conversation, you know, <laughs> honest to Pete. What yeah, are your yeah. What are your favorite things about the Midwest that they don't uh, have in L.A.? Uh, number one, well, first of all, Wisconsin cheese, no fooling. Uh -huh. So I go to the, the Wisconsin Cheese Mart website and I order loaves of the five year age cheddar. Oh, yeah. Wow. I get it every two months or so. I'm down. Not kidding. I'm, I'm about this far. Like that's all that's left of my loaf of my three loaves. I get it three at a time. Um, so I, I miss, I miss my aged cheddar. That's my favorite thing in the world. Cheese is my favorite thing. You're a smart um, man to be ordering it right, straight from the source. Now folks, yes. that is how you support, uh, our Wisconsin dairy farmers right there. That's uh, yes. that's a big win. That's a good one, right? Like I, you know, I've, I've done my research when I lived in Minnesota, you know, of, of course it'd be local farmers in Wisconsin, but you know, when I get it through the internet, that seems like the best win. So they, I'll tell you what though, Charlie. They are so nice. They handwrite a note. They're like, thank you so much. It's handwritten. Yeah, it's so you know, sweet. It's so great. You can't mass produce handwritten, okay? Do they put some rhubarb in there too? <laughs> no, I wish. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. So cheese. I miss the cheese, number one. Mm -hmm. You can't. I got Tillamook right now in the fridge, and it's it's like, it's the most plastic tasting stuff you could ever imagine. It, You know what? It looks like cheese, but it doesn't taste like cheese. Yeah, you know there's something else in that stuff. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, I'd say uh, walleye or fish fries, you know, oh, like yeah. the fried out here, fish it's like fry. salmon, like salmon. Yeah. This should be white, not pink. <laughs> First of all, Alaskan salmon is pretty good. I'm not just saying that just because of the shirt, but it's good. How much do they pay you? They pay me <laughs> a lot of money to say that. But I will also say this. You got salmon in Wisconsin, too. You can catch yeah, you can catch it in the rivers and uh, right in Lake Michigan. That. You bottle fish for it. So it's this rig that you do in Lake Michigan. You toss it on and you tie the string. You just lay the string around a beer bottle. Okay, and then when the beer bottle gets kicked over, you got a salmon on. Wow, I had no idea. Now, yeah. if it's a Miller or something, of course, they're jumping. But if it's a Bud Light, yeah. forget about it, right? Yeah, no, not even close. Yeah, no, the next time you're in Milwaukee, the, the coldest of the cities, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go salmon fishing there. No, but I know what you're talking about, back to the, the fish thing, is there's nothing like a perch, walleye, northern pike yeah. kind of a Yeah, northern. Deal. Yeah, I'm, it's been years since I've had that. 
Yeah, northern you got to watch out for the Y bones. Do you fish your? Do you ever clean oh, yeah. fish, or do you go fish? You know what's amazing is when I was a kid. You know, my my dad always fished. All my my family would fish. So I was young enough where I could, I could toss it out and do it, but I didn't have to clean it. I wasn't old enough to clean it. Uh, At this age, I, I'm too old to clean it. I look at that and I'm like, I don't know. I miss that age where it's like, oh, I could do that. I could skin a deer. Yeah. I miss that age. Yeah. Now it's scary. Now, well, but now you can YouTube it to figure it out. There was this, you- there was probably a weird age where it's like you don't know how to do it and you need your dad to show you. Yeah. But now you can just go right to YouTube it. So can you do you clean your own fish? Oh yeah, yeah. I cleaned a bunch this year actually. My dad caught the <laughs> fish actually, and it, I my sister got engaged I think or something. So we were up north and they were doing like an engagement something. But my dad was cleaning fish. And then, uh, so I walked over and, and I was, I had a drink and he, uh, he was like, Hey, I'll <laughs> trade you. And he took my, uh, drink and gave me the knife. Now it was, he didn't actually, <laughs> he didn't actually drink out of it since obviously we got some <laughs> stuff going around, but you know, he, uh, he, he basically said, Hey, clean the fish. I got to go over and watch this. And then I cleaned a bunch <laughs> of his fish. That was the last time I cleaned fish, but no, I grew up doing that. So. All right, all yeah. right. Well, good. Good for your parents. Yeah, not not to flex my uh, Wis- my Wisconsin cred, my Midwest cred, telling you about. Yeah, I'm Wisconsin. watching it. It's good. You know, I wasn't gonna do that. Okay, but then you said Milwaukee was uh, a, a kind of warm, warm city uh, in the winter. What an insulting, <laughs> insulting word for what I suffer through in the winters <laughs> in I Milwaukee. Maybe let me redeem myself a little bit. When I was at the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee dorms, what's crazy was in about November or early December, it actually froze. The, the windows froze over, and you couldn't open them all year. They just froze. There was like a, a, a thick like frost on there, yeah. and they just and they were stuck. My roommate at the time, rest his soul, threw up over. Uh, we had a, a party, and then we went to Christmas break. We came back and the, he threw up. We cleaned it up. It still smelled. It was terrible, Charlie. Wait, wait. We couldn't wait. open a window. We could, oh, because no that's why it still smelled. Because yeah, the window wouldn't open, so we were stuck to smell that puke. Well, you know, those are the those are the times we remember about college. Yeah. It's not what you learned, but it's the life lessons that you can avoid learning. Yeah. There's there's a, a inspirational quote somewhere in that sentence. I didn't quite find it. So let me ask you this. Once you reach kind of what the pinnacle is of your career, or I would think, for instance, creating your own show, um, being on Robot Chicken, for somebody who's looking to go and do what you do, that's kind of the top of the game. Does it feel like you're at the top of the game or do you feel like there's another mountain to climb? You know, it's simple, Charlie, and it's really, it, it, it's, it's so obvious, it's clear. It's, it's going back to the Packers. We got to get back to the Packers. My, my, my hill, the climb, we're, we're here. Having a show is great. Robot Chicken is great. I love it all. Living in Burbank is great. Being on your podcast is great. Oh, knowing, you. knowing you is great. Surviving those Milwaukee winners is great. Yeah, but they were tough. Those winters. It's going back to those backers. Like we got to find a way. We got to get some content to them, right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, if if you're serious about that, I think there's yeah, there's Charlie, definitely a play there. All right. Well, there's I think there's a play there. Maybe they don't. Maybe. So 
2020 is done. Their marketing budget starts back in like well, February and March. So in March, that's when we go back to the Packers and we say, what's up? What's um, up? I will make, I will make, I will pull whatever strings I have, which is one and a half with the Packers. Okay. <laughs> I got zero strings, so you pull that. How do you I'll bring have my zero? season ticket, my 33,000 number, and I'm going to press it against the glass and say, <laughs> and say what's up? <laughs> well, what what would what would that look like? I mean, I I hate to have a brainstorm right here on this podcast, yeah, yeah. but you know, yeah. you know what? You know how uh, you know Miller Park has those sausages running around the field. Yes, the, we, yeah. the sausage races, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, it's been a while since I've been at Lambo. It's been a few years, but they have stuff on the screen, right? Like, did they have like helmets running around? Or? They have something, and I almost want to say they have a virtual sausage thing. But yeah. maybe maybe I'm thinking of the Bucks. I don't really know. But they do have I, something. Typically, I'm not watching the Jumbotron a whole lot when I'm at yeah, Lambo, or I'm right. forgetting it for some reason. Be that's right. our in. Is what's the race and what can we what can we race around there? Like it doesn't have to be some NASCAR thing. You know what I'm saying? Like what about if it's a sausage or you know? Yeah, we gotta be about, doing that. What about racing cheeses? No, that'd be good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Put some that's, Colby up there. Yeah. Dead last. <laughs> I like Colby. Colby's you can, great. You can't. You can't. Uh, you can't not Colby like that. Oh, I like Colby. I Col was just playing. Colby's. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm anti Monterey Jack, to be honest. Okay, well, all right. Well, that's you know. I mean, everyone's in, entitled to their uh, cheese preferences, but maybe it is yeah. cheese. So it's it's just a computer generated thing. Or every week, are you going to be determining which cheese wins? And that's because people bet big money on this stuff. So you can't, I know. It, you can't mess the, with and, and people. We're not going to Pete Rose it, right? We're not going to Pete Rose it. It's no, not like we're no, going to no. know the winner and like you and I will bet and we'll like go to, what are we, not, not Treasure Island, that's Minnesota. What's the, what's the casino right outside of Green Bay? Oh, Oneida. So you and I go to Oneida, right? We know who's going to win. 100,000 on Cheddar. Ching. We won't do that. Right? They, they do a uh, Black Sox scandal on us. You know, yeah, we, we don't would do be that, the though. shoeless Joe of, uh, but did shoeless Joe gamble or should we just go with uh, Charlie <laughs> Rose? I think that was the whole thing with Field of Dreams, right? Yeah. Yeah. I they build something like that. But okay. what we do is we do like four versions, right? The Cheddar wins, the Colby wins, the uh, oh. Monterey Jack. Um, right. And we have like, like one, like we give them versions and we don't know, like someone, Someone other than us needs to decide who wins. Otherwise, okay. we'll be like cleaning up. And plus, it wouldn't be fun. I, I, de I definitely like to gamble on these races. No, I want to put real money down and lose it all. And then like, you know, feel the, the like the burn of feel like, Charlie, <laughs> why did you stop me? The burn Monterey of the Jack lost cheese. <laughs> or, or Charlie, it's beer cans, right? Like you get the Miller Lite, the Miller that that Perhaps. could be, well, yeah 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 well i have a feeling i think miller's a sponsor of lambo so you're probably gonna oh. be but well, that, so is Sar sargento right sargento yeah but then then you're getting into a lot of i don't know if they're a sponsor or not so yeah but when you do you you, you basically are get are playing with fire but i will say this if you go sargento i'm sure has different versions of all these cheeses so because yeah, 100 johnsonville oh, yeah. does the the johnsonville, sausage yeah, race. moving around yeah, yeah one's like do they have a do they have a cheddar johnsonville brought uh they do i don't think it races though 
I don't yeah. think it's Frankie That's for, like, Furter. The kids. the kids like the cheddar brats. Yeah, yeah I don't <laughs> like stuff coming out of my brats mid bite. You know, because honestly, I don't know it's coming, and then before yeah. you, yeah, I try. I gotta ask. I'll yeah. be honest. I, I'm since this is such an honest podcast, yeah. I like to put ketchup on my brat. Is that bad? You know what? I, I'm glad you brought that up. And this is a safe space to do that, okay? Now, Thank you. I could, in you know, uh, really just rake you over the coals and say, how dare you put anything other Please. than mustard, okay? Yeah. Other than mustard and relish and sauerkraut, yeah, okay? Yeah. And, and, and honestly, some of the pickles, if they have them there, it's appropriate. Okay, <laughs> and I'm not going to go there because then you get into this debate about stadium sauce at, at Miller Park, you know? Yeah. And then it, that is close enough to ketchup where if you're putting stadium sauce on yeah. it and, and that's a special thing, then you might as well it's just the go for drug. the ketchup. Mm-hmm. It is the gateway drug. You know, how do you take your brat? I take my brat. Uh, I'm a big mustard guy. I'm going to be honest with you now. Okay. I, All right. I, you're Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I'm not telling you that I haven't put ketchup on my bratwurst. I've certainly done that. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say that I'm overly proud of that or that I'm going to yeah. brag about that because I'm not a ketchup guy, you know, but yeah. it's something that happened. It was probably a place where someone didn't provide the proper mustard yeah. or the mustard was just very popular and someone got lazy and didn't make sure they had enough. Yeah, you and, could have been drunk. I, you know, you never know. Altered state. Mm -hmm. I could have been yeah. participating in uh, <laughs> in the alcoholic beverages and then all bets yeah. off the table. So yeah, I am yeah. glad you asked that. But this this and the Cripes cast is a very safe space for you. Um, anything you want to put on your bratwurst. OK, yeah. You know, I will say to be super honest, you know, I'm a big cheese fan. My favorite thing on a brat is cheese. I think that's a wonderful thing. I think that's a very Wisconsin uh, addition to a brat. I, I, it's not my go-to, but I'm, yeah. I, what kind of cheese are you putting on it? And do you melt it on? I mean, is this yeah. kind of what you melt it on, on the grill, brat on the grill, and then put cheese on the on the. Well, you know, brat. my favorite version would be brat on the grill. Mm. Well, first of all, come on, you, you boil it in beer first, right? Well, so now... Oh boy! Oh. Now we're we're getting in into into <clears throat> dicey territory. I'm not saying that's the wrong move, okay. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it's it's getting very precise. So what I would <laughs> uh, what I would recommend is you put beer in a in a tub of some sort, and the tub can be grilled. Put that on the grill. Okay. Get okay. that beer hot, like a beer hot tub. Pour the brats yeah. in there. Get them boiling okay. a little bit, or just get them nice and hot and bothered. Yeah, and then, soak that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then pull them out, put them on the grill. And truthfully, okay. any anything is okay. Anything is okay as long as you yeah. have brats in the equation. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. If, you, okay. if you've got a brat, you're doing fine. Let just yeah. take a deep breath. Right. You're okay. Right now, the yeah. only thing you will get uh, you will get stabbed for is if you start poking the brats while they're on the grill thinking that's helping anything it's not yeah it's because yeah. you're I, letting the juices out and and this, some people think that that's how you're supposed to do it and but it's just it's a sad it, i've seen are you a firm guy like you check when it's firm and it stops wiggling around is that how you do it you know honestly i i'm usually having a couple two tree while i'm grilling brats i'm not paying that close <laughs> of attention i i don't do anything any of this i just toss them in there and, and hope for the best you know yeah but, but no one's you, been sick no, 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 no. And if you smoke them up good, you know, if, if you put them in the beer bath, put them on the grill, get the nice lines on there, toss them back in the beer bath too. Yeah. They're soaking in beer. They're getting nice and warm and, and fully cooked through. 
Um, you know, and then you take a bite out and you're rolling the dice maybe here or there. And if it's pink, you know, just toss it back on, you know, and you'll be fine. Yeah. You know what? You don't say it's pink. You got to do it yourself, right? You don't want to insult the host, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, no, you would never say. You just you put it back there. You yeah, do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. insult anyone. No, 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 no. You never yeah. tell them that they're. You, you smile. Do, yeah, you don't tell anybody they undercooked their brats, okay? You, you, you could save the whole party <laughs> yeah, yeah. from getting sick, but you yeah. hold it in. You know what? That would I like it a little rude. bit warmer. I want mine a little bit warmer. I'll be mm -hmm. right back. I just gotta mm -hmm. warm it up a little bit. And and that is the preferred way if you if you have an, uh, a bratwurst that's not uh, you know fully done. I'm really glad we talked about this because I think these are the questions that a lot of people out there are yeah. afraid to ask. I'm, um, I want to help. You know. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that about you. That's that's a, a fine thing. Well, I know you got to go. I'm not going to uh, keep you anymore. But before I let you go, I want to ask, what is your advice for anybody who is hoping to get in uh, to animation or just any sort of part of your industry? What's your best advice for them? Yeah. Well, OK, Charlie, I think that's a good question. I would say, first of all, you just got to make stuff, right? You got to like you got to love it and you got to want it. So just start making things. Uh, the second thing I think is getting it out there. So it's like, whether it's social media or just finding people to show to, you got to just show people. So part of being an artist is it's great to make your own art. And if that's fine for you, that's cool. But if you want to like elevate your career or whatever, you just have to be thick skinned enough to start showing people. So show people. Uh, the third thing I would say is going to schools is great. Like it's really good to go to a school, you meet people and you can get equipment and you can learn more stuff. And then I guess the fourth thing I would say is not being afraid to reach out to people. So people that you're excited about or that, you know, influence you or whatever, like not being afraid to try to just anyone who's a little bit better than you, just reach out, ask for advice. In my community, in the animation community, people are really nice and they want to help. So I think if someone gets, you know, like someone reaching out, they'll want to help. So I think not being afraid to, reach out and just um, learn more or just ask for advice. Well, that's really interesting right there for, yeah, yeah. That's, Those are four things, Charlie. That, that's, that's, that, I, I asked for one thing, you gave me a lot. Uh, but on the asking for advice, I feel like a lot of people are hearing you say that and going, okay, but who's actually gonna get back to me? And do I go to someone at the top of the industry yeah. or do I go to someone who's like a little bit better than me? Or do well, I just go to anyone? Charlie, great answer. First of all, my wife and I always talk about this. It's like when you ask for a Coke, you're like, can I have a Coke? No, thank you. Uh, or no, no, I'm sorry, it's the other way around. Would you like a Coke? You say no. Are you sure? Do you want one? Oh, no, thank you. You really want one. On the third ask, if you, do you, are you sure? Do you want a Coke? Yes. Okay, thank you very much. It takes three times, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, that, that's, that's a, a very Midwest Coke offer too. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. my wife is from Connecticut and, uh -huh. you know, for her, she hears these things and it's like, do you want something? No. Are you sure? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Just say yes. So my point is, you got to reach out to someone. They'll say no. Well, are you sure? Go again. No. One more time. Okay, here we go. My point is, you got to be a little, little bit of the, the, the squeaky wheel. So like, you don't want to be annoying, but like, reach out, say hello. And if there's no response, take a beat. Well, try again later, you know, or try someone else. The point is you got to keep trying, just keep reaching. And as far as how high you go, it doesn't hurt to go as high as you can, but there's like an animation. There's lots of people, there's lots of artists, lots of animators. So just find people, reach out, say hello, 
and trying to make a connection. Because I think like when I was trying to find work um, back in the 90s before internet, it was like calling a receptionist and saying like, hello, uh, I'm really trying to like get a job here. What can I do? And so they're, you know, they give you a little bit of advice and then you reach out to the next person. So I think it's just reaching out to whoever you can, introducing yourself and just keep trying. Straight yeah. up, Charlie. I think that's uh, that's some solid advice right there. And, um, you know, the the other thing I'll say being on this side of it, you know, because yeah. I, I get people reach out. I'm sure you get people reach out. Um, but sometimes like your your messages, depending on what you're doing that week or that day yeah you could not check any of your messages and it's you don't even you're like not even getting back to your mom in a timely fashion yeah. mom yeah. i'm so sorry you know so it's it's again on that persistence thing you're not bugging someone by being yeah. an unread message in their inbox but if you totally. if you if you're being annoying that's one thing but yeah you're right give it a beat and don't take it personally oh you, he just did the thumbs up thing on maybe a thumbs video. up is that well, what I'm that's talking just it, Charlie. too much yeah no no like that's just it some weeks you're slammed and you can't reply to your your old man which I'm neglecting over here but it's like it's that's that's true like sometimes you can't reply sometimes you can so as someone reaching out you are, you you ask you get nothing take a beat try later because you know, Charlie's busy this week. Well, next week, Charlie's not busy. Trust me, next week, Charlie's not busy. So you reach out then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, get get them while they're on the can, you know? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the best yeah. time to reply to Dan. 7.30, Charlie's bowel movement. That's the perfect time. That's when he's texting. <laughs> I'm glad we're ending this conversation there. Well, listen, I, I know you got to get going. want to be respectful of your time, but thank you. And in all honesty, we've got to work on the uh, Packers situation. Yeah, the I'm racing. telling you. Tundra Tron, we gotta figure something out. I, I mark mark it here. So let's I'm I'm glad that we just put that out into the Packers yeah. universe. In March, we'll give you all an update. It's gonna be huge. Yeah, it's gonna be the, the next big thing. Get your get your <laughs> dollar bills ready, Lambo. <laughs> cool man. Thanks so much. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Charlie. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you too. All right, that's it for this week's Cribes cast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to rate it and leave a comment, share it, do the whole deal. And thank you so much for supporting the Cribes cast. And I want all of you on the road this week to watch out for deer. Okay, bye bye. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot into walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving.